You're listening to On Growing. My name's Eva. And my name's Sarah. And on this podcast, we explore our experiences of navigating adulthood. I've got to the stage where I just talk about it loads because I just think the more you talk about it, the more the stigma will go away. We share stories of learning everything we weren't taught in school. And more importantly, learning about ourselves and finding our way in the world. It is that, but you are thrown completely like in the deep end. You're completely on your own. Join us on this journey of self-discovery where we chat about everything from periods and relationships. Eva, tell me about your first period. To college and moving out. Towards the end of second year then I was really thinking, oh God, is this course for me? And we hope you find something relatable in the stories we share. Hi, welcome back. (laughs) Welcome back to episode nine. Yeah. How are we? Good. Fine. I can't believe we've done nine episodes. I feel like I say this every single time, but yeah. I know. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. So a few weeks ago, we had the lovely Erin McGinty on the podcast from at Coolest Place on the Planet on Instagram. So we spoke about her journey with her career so far. Started off with the Leaving Cert College her first job out of college and the roller coaster ride that has taken her to her current job now, which is teaching. Um, but her journey has been very up and down and we spoke all about that and a little bit on her Instagram page as well, Coolest Place on the Planet. So stay tuned for that. She has some brilliant advice, so stay tuned. But first of all, what are we doing, Eva? We are doing our taking piss. <laughs> God, I feel like I'm really out of practice. What are we doing? <laughs> so I just felt like I was talking when I was there, so I was just going to get Eva to tell you we're doing our peak and pet, and she was just very <laughs> unsure of herself. To be fair, we haven't recorded in what? Two weeks. Yeah, two, three weeks. We're way behind. Anyways, Eva, what's your pit of the week? Oh, peak of the week. Sorry, what's oh. your peak of the week? So my um, peak of the week is a very cute one. Um, it actually is kind of a two-parter. So about a week ago, I was just it's leaving twofold. for work. Twofold, yes. <laughs> good, good word. <laughs> um, I was just walking out the door to work and I saw um, a little package sticking in the post box. And I was like, what the hell is this? So it's just like a brown envelope and it was like half oh. open. And I was like, oh my God, this feels like drugs or something it was weird <laughs> and so I saw my mom's writing on it and she Aww. wrote on the back the return address and it said contents tea bags and the woman had literally emptied a bag like a box of Barry's tea bags into a brown envelope sealed it up and just sent it over to me <laughs> because she knew you can't get Barry's tea bags in England you can in England but like in very specific places and nowhere near where I live so that was nice and then yesterday I came home to a package mom had bought me a few bits and in it was four bags like sandwich bags full of Barry's tea (laughs) and they literally as soon as I opened the box Gray was like I can smell tea bags and it was like little drug bags like the way that they were packaged up. (laughs) Oh that's so cute. 
That gives me like flashbacks to Erasmus because Deirdre always sent over tea bags and Ballymoulin relish and galaxy chocolate, specifically galaxy chocolate. And then one time she sent me dairy milk because I said I like dairy milk. Yeah, she's literally yeah. the best. She yeah, is. She's so sweet. cute. Bless her. So yeah. cute. Um, my peak of the week is um mental health related actually. So um, I sent Eva a voice note about this last week. I. I just realized I never replied to her voice notes that she replied to me. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was in decathlon shopping at the time. Anyways, um, so I have had anxiety for like years and when something like bad happens or like somebody says something to me or something like I just like go into like panic mode and I like catastrophize and I just think of like all the bad things that would like happen to me. So like a few weeks ago, like something happened with a person and like all I could think about was like, like all the people they're friends with and like they're now all going to hate me and like what would I do if I ever met them and I would just have a panic attack and that this and that would happen. And then like last week, I just bumped into that person randomly and I just looked at them, made eye contact and walked on and I was totally fine. Like, like my like my heart rate didn't go up, I didn't start like sweating, like chest pains, nothing. I was absolutely fine. And I was like, Well, I am making progress. Progress, mm, <laughs> it's the best feeling. Yeah. Um, and it like sounds too silly, but it just like made my day. Yeah, it doesn't sound silly at all because it's like, oh my god, I'm actually fine, I'm capable, I'm you know yeah it's just proof that it is kind of in your head like it it, it is just catastrophizing and, and yeah you know yeah exactly you're so well like, able for a girl hmm, like two months ago I like that would not have been the case but like I've just like really started like putting myself first and like focusing and investing in myself with like therapy and stuff so yeah mm. that is a major peak of the week proud of you yeah thank you <laughs> what is your pit um so again this is kind of twofold um so <laughs> when to, sorry you couldn't did you get the friends reference when I said that no I didn't when actually. Chandler's in the box oh my god but it's how not, did I not get that I think in friends it's threefold or something I don't know threefold. I yes and he sticks the fingers out of the out yeah. of the <laughs> in the box oh I love that yeah. um so I went, I had a day off a few days ago and I went into Leicester to do some shopping and it was absolutely peeing it down. <laughs> oh my God. And uh, it was absolutely peeing it down with rain. So uh, for some reason, well, not for some reason, for environmental reasons, <laughs> you only get paper bags in, in like Primark and Zara and all that stuff now. So I was walking back to the train station and it was like I was drenched it's about a 15 minute walk and so both bags broke and I'm talking like the big bags uh so one of the bags went and so then I tried to put the other bag in that bag but the weight of that was too big so the bags split I was literally carrying cradling in my arms two bags of like clothes and shoes and just random bits and I was like an absolute idiot so anyway got on the train sat down I was like proof that's done that's fine I literally got like three minutes to walk from like the train to my front door then when I get mm-hmm. home so your man comes on the the speaker on the train and is like passengers for where I live um 
move to the front two carriages of the train because it's a short platform so the train will be longer than the platform and you will not be able to get off Mm. so I thought I was like I'm I'm in the front two carriages but I was like you know what just in case I'm going to move up to the very front front Mm -hmm. so I was looking at the very front of the train and I was like I should really move up there shouldn't I and I just didn't so had my earphones in had my music on blah 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 got to my stop stood up the door was like right next to me and you know you wait a few seconds and then it starts beeping and the door lights up Mm. and you can press the button to open the door and the light wouldn't wasn't on and I was pressing the button and I was like for fuck sake so I leg it up to the front of the carriage but it's one of these ones where like there's a door halfway so the door was closing so I had to press the button for the door and wait for the door to open and the main door then out the train just closed so I was stood there in front of a packed train everyone looking at me being like you're some idiot like this announcement was made like 10 times <laughs> the driver was looking at me and he was like does she want to get off does she not want to get off so I just sat down and buried my just oh. so then I had to go all the way to like four stops further wait there for half an hour and then get the train back home <laughs> and I'm just oh it was like it was a nice little like you know time to myself therapeutic shopping retail kind of day and it just all went a bit tits up by the end of it I was like just get me home <laughs> you have zero luck with trains no, I don't. It's stressful for and anyone that doesn't. What? How many months? October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May. It's been eight months. You've been over there, and you're still. Not- I mean, to be fair, I've only been getting the train. So, for people that don't know, I commute to and from work on the train every day. Oh, so yeah, it's, it's not a big deal. It's work. only like half an hour. It's only since March, but uh, I mean, when you do it twice a day every day, you think you'd be bloody used to it by now. But <laughs> I don't know. I'm just. I'm in my you own world. Silly sometimes. Billy. So yes, what is your oh, pitch of the week? I was about to move on there. I forgot my, my no, no, no. Week. no, 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 no. Mine is nothing too dramatic, but I've just been falling behind on editing this podcast. <laughs> uh, like I'm usually so organized, and like I like we went into the like launch in the podcast with like five episodes like ready to go. And now this is the first week I've gone into a week without a podcast edited for the next week. Now, it's recorded and ready to go. Uh, well, this is the intro we're recording, but haven't started editing it yet. But I'll get to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you will. We're going to start this evening. But yeah, that's my pit of the week. But yeah, mm-hmm. moving on. On to our chats with Erin. Um, we hope you enjoy them. And yeah, speak to you after the 10 second music break. (laughs) Bye! Hello everybody, welcome back to On Growing. It is episode 9. Oh my god, we're flying through these. So today we have a very special guest, another guest. We have Erin McGinty from Coolest Place on the Planet. Erin, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> I can't believe you're on your ninth guest, or your ninth podcast as well. Yeah, oh my god. our ninth one. Yeah, I know. So we're going to do we're gonna do seasons of 12 um, episodes. So yeah, we'll only have three more after this, which is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> congratulations thank you 
So today with Erin, we're going to be covering life in general, careers, kind of her change in career and what she's at now and how she got there. Um, but first, Erin, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Explain to the listeners who you are. So my name is Erin and I'm from Donegal. Um, I'm a maths teacher over in West Donegal in Dunlow. Yeah, I suppose most people will know me as Coolest Place on the Planet. I started that up a couple of years ago, documenting, I suppose, all the different things to do around Donegal, whether it's an adventure race or how to get from one place to another um, that I really struggled with when I moved back home to Donegal after being away for so long. So yeah, mainly now, I suppose, run Coolest Place on the Planet and teach and that's what I pretty much do day to day. <laughs> she is a great um, tour, almost like an interactive online tour guide. If you come to Donegal, you can visit Erin's page because she will have loads of adventures up for you to see. So she's at Coolest Place on the planet. But today we are mostly going to be talking about your career kind of and how you got there. So first of all, do you want to tell us a little bit about like how you got on in school and the leaving cert obviously it's such a stressful time for teenagers and there might be some listening so how did you get on and how did you kind of get through it yeah so I went to school in Stranorlar to um St Columbus as known as now it's been whenever I was going there but um yeah so I went to school in Stranorlar and I suppose I was very lucky I had my sister is two years older than me, so like I had an amazing role model going ahead of me. And for things like the leaving cert, she was doing the leaving cert when I was doing my junior cert, and she went on to study medicine. So like I saw how much work she put in and how you know hard she kind of studied and worked to get there. I also had a really good group of friends that were all I suppose on the same page as, and they were always trying. Everybody was always trying to do the best that they could and and supporting each other and. I was very lucky in that way. It was still quite a stressful time. And that's actually when I started getting into being so active and started running. So I started running when I started into, I suppose, my two-year leaving search cycle. And it was purely as a way of separating being at school all day and coming home. I'd drop my bag, change and go out. And it might have only been 15, 20 minutes. But I'd go out and I'd like literally tear my head before I'd start into homework and then studying and things like that. Because like that, it is quite a stressful time. I just feel, felt like I needed that bit of a release and yeah. learned quite early on that that helped me with stress and that helped me with like processing things. So, yeah, it's good. And those things that you mentioned, like a good group of friends, an older sibling and the sense to like be able to go out for a run and get some fresh air just such a help in like in in the leaving cert so if there's anybody mm. listening I'm, like that's brilliant tips um surround yourself with I suppose good supportive people yeah definitely supportive people um my um girl gang from school that I just was friendly with like we all went most of us went off to UCD together so we still had yeah. each other so off did college, you always know what you friend. wanted to study like did you have any help from teachers or career guidance or were you just from the get-go you knew what you wanted to do I think I always knew I wanted to do something with math from like maybe first or second year do you know when you're just that's kind of your subject and that's what you're known for like I used to love going to math class but then I'd like dread the thoughts of like English or Irish or like anything to do with languages because it was just so terrible at them and um, so like I'd love if it was like business or you know anything to do with numbers I was like 
uh, that was all it just became my thing from quite early on and then a load of my friends like they were ever struggling with math would always get me to like explain bits of maths to them so you know at that age as well you don't really know a wild pilot career so like definitely teaching was like I was like oh well I'm just going to be a maths teacher because you yeah, know you only know yeah. kind of the doctor the dentist the teacher that you know so I was like oh I'm going to be a maths teacher and then I got on really well and still do with my um my actual maths teacher for my leaving cert um because even when I moved home to start teaching again um I met her a couple of times she was so, so excited nice. that I was going back into Aww. maths teaching it was funny yeah so lovely having her left but she yeah so I got on really really well with her and then my career guidance counselor he I suppose you know I obviously wanted to do something with maths I didn't really know exactly what I knew I wanted to do maths teaching at some stage and so he had introduced me to actuary and suppose what actuary was and I did a wee bit of research on it and actually a fellow my year sister was studying actuary and you see at the time so I spoke to her and so then I just decided, yeah, okay, I was, I didn't really know a wild pile about it, but like, I, I was just like, oh yeah, sure, I'll, I'll put that down and I'll see. And yeah, so that's kind of how I ended up doing actuary. It was like, I always wanted to be an actuary because I didn't even really know what it actually was whenever I, I started into it. Um, but I just knew it had lots of math and that's all I wanted. So it's yeah, so it was, funny it was because I was numbers. the exact opposite. And still now, like even in work, if something is like, you know, like 10% off something, I'm like, okay, let me just get the calculator. Because <laughs> like, I cannot. <laughs> Whereas if I have to write anything, like even today, I was like doing a bit of like prep for this. Yeah. God, like having yeah. to write out these sentences and words. And like, yeah. I'm not a word person at all. I'm like, yeah. give me a wee symbol yeah. and a number and I'm happy. Like. We're opposites because me and Eva are both graduates of languages, so. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, I don't know how we did it either. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know how. Um, so then when you did go to college, how did you adapt? Obviously, growing up in, in Donegal, rural enough Donegal, life is very different than, you know, going up to Dublin, the big smoke. How did you adapt? Yeah. How did you settle in? Kind of funny similar to I suppose the leaving her question my sister was living in Dublin for two years so I was up and down to her loads like and she was living with you know some of her friends from Balbuffet as well so I would have been up and down to them a year or two before I did my leaving cert so then when I actually moved I'd been there a good wee bit and I had my girls my group of girls that from home and they were in UCD as well so I kind of had my little pocket of friends already so that made it a lot smoother because I think that first day like I remember mommy dropping my friend Tracy off at our new accommodation and, and the day and like closing the door and mommy driving back to Donegal and thinking oh my god this is it now I live on my own like, <laughs> like I'm 17 years of age like how am I supposed to do this like you know it's, it is mad when you think about it now but, you know at the time you just think you're so grown up and you're like this is just what you do yeah so I had my pocket of friends from home and then actually there was there's only like 30 odd people in actually so it's quite a small little class you know some courses you go into and there's four and five hundred people in it whereas we had a wee small group and we were in that wee small group for most of our lectures we became very close so even though UCD is a huge huge place and Dublin is a lot bigger obviously than Donegal I think because I had my own little world of of people that it definitely made it a lot easier and I absolutely loved college and like I mean we 
we worked really hard like it was 15 17 hour long days for actually it was crazy like the amount of work was ridiculous but at the same time we were all in it together and we were doing it together and you know you didn't know any different and then we were out loads and like we enjoyed it loads too so you know I yeah I, I loved college I was the same as you with like my sister was a year ahead of me and she went to Galway as well so for that year I think I went down there two or three times and it's nice just kind of getting to know this like the place you're going before before you do go so that if there are any leaving starts actually listening take a wee weekend trip maybe down with your parents over the summer if you can if you're going somewhere because yeah I can definitely I can vouch for that makes it makes a huge difference yeah, yeah. So you mentioned, so you did your actuary degree and then you did your teaching master's straight after, but you didn't go straight into teaching. So like what made you kind of just like do the degree, but then not go into teaching? I think I always, I 100% knew I was going to, well, 99.9% sure that I was going to like be a teacher at some point. Mm. Um, so that I wanted to get the qualification and I always knew it would be something really good to have to fall back on anyway, you know, even if I never really wanted to go fully back into it. But then I suppose because I had also logged it out for four years in the degree, like I was like, well, I might as well use this for a wee while first. Yeah. Um, and I love the financial side and still do like teaching financial maths and probability and statistics are some of my favorite topics to teach for the leaving sir. So I definitely felt like I wanted to work in financial maths for a while first I didn't think it would probably be as long to be honest but then you know the way you just get swept up in it and you just keep going so um yeah I I think I always knew I was going to do my teaching qualification and then go straight back into finance yeah and when you did it um am I right in saying it was only a year long the teaching master's yeah 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 it was yeah it was back in 2006 there's a big reason why I didn't go directly into that because I've always said the same I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do but I can't see myself possibly teaching but the thought of finishing a four-year degree and then having to do it another two years was like it was daunting but um yeah it was at the time obviously great for you but then so you mentioned you worked in like the financial side like corporate kind of world wasn't it yeah so it was corporate and investment banking that I worked in yeah yeah so how did you find that um, so I lo- absolutely loved it and um, it's funny I don't think I would have enjoyed teaching in my 20s and um, I just think I wasn't really like I was probably a bit too selfish as in like I wanted to like succeed and I wanted to like as a teacher a lot of your job satisfaction comes from other people succeeding and I think in my early in my 20s I was probably like I wanted to be the person succeeding and I wanted to be hitting goals and you know that kind of way so looking back now I recognize that I didn't really know that at the time but I just wanted to work in finance for a while and it was so fast-paced and like you know that I was traveling so much and um I just loved the busyness of it and like constantly being on the go and um, that obviously has me fiery date as well but like I absolutely loved that for like the, the time that I was in it like I, I really enjoyed it and I really enjoyed the fact that so I was working in the corporate investment bank for about a year whenever on the kind of like also with like actuary and risk assessment of like corporate clients and um kind of the background of everything the numbers of everything and then after about a year I was moved into like a client facing role so like then I'd work on the risk assessment of the clients and trans, uh, trying to find like kind of financial structures and products to cover the risk 
ended like monetary value is put on risk whenever it's set and then it'd go and I'd explain it to the clients and that was the bit that I absolutely loved I loved the client interaction and I loved because the, the first year or so I barely spoke to one person you were just like literally working on spreadsheets and I was like oh my god I don't think this is for me but then after about the first year they were like no I think I suppose they recognized that I loved explaining things to people you know and so then I started working on the client side of it and that was just amazing. You were just like constantly on the go and flying to, you know, different countries all the time. And you'd have client meetings all day and you'd be taking clients out entertaining them in the evenings. And like, I absolutely loved it for that period of time. But like that, and everything has an expiry too. <laughs> yeah. So that's, so like to like people listening into an outsider, like that sounds like the dream job, like, you know, good job, good salary, you get to travel to so many places. So what made you change I suppose like stop doing that like was there did it get too stressful was there a breaking point kind of like I suppose it was just with time you know that like doing it for so long like it was amazing especially for the first few years like I just loved that you were in out of the airport all the time you were in three or four countries every week and you were constantly in and out of like different like hotels and all this kind of stuff and I loved that for the first few while but then after about 10 years it just takes its toll on you and like I really remember I remember like the point that I was like no I'm completely exhausted I was in Brussels and I was in Belgium and I had been to like two or three countries that week already which was normal we, we were always like you get up four or five in the morning get a flight somewhere like our corporate investment bank had an office in that country or that city or whatever you'd go you'd work from there and you had client meetings then you'd bring clients out for dinner and entertainment and that night and I remember coming home back to the, or home into the hotel that evening and it was about midnight so exhausted and I'd be up by five to get the flight the next morning to go to Germany or something like this and I remember just thinking no I think I'm done like I, I'm so exhausted and I'd been at it for like 10 years at that stage I was like I think I really just need a break or a change or something I didn't really know exactly what it was but I wasn't enjoying it anymore you know I, I was like I'm not excited about getting up to do it anymore now it's been another month or so or maybe um, about a month or two before I actually decided to make a change but like for that the last month or two I was just I think once I kind of had it in my head then I was like no like I'm not enjoying anything I'm doing now <laughs> yeah that's so refreshing to hear though because people think and like there's just this idea of whatever you get your degree and you go into your job and you stay at that job for the rest of your life and that's it and like when I was growing up and trying to decide what to do with my life I think it was my dad who was saying like but who said you have to do it for your life like who said you can't just do it for five years or ten years and then change again yeah so yeah it's just it's nice to hear an actual person who did that and it all worked out and you know it's and I think I've always kind of promised myself if I get to a stage like we all have days where you couldn't be bothered someday you know you always always have those odd days but if, mm. if I ever get to a point where every day, day after day, like week after week, month after month, I'm absolutely dreading going somewhere, I'm really not enjoying it, it doesn't get me excited, then it's just time to move on and reassess things and see what other options are there. I think to stay in it is kind of a bit soul destroying for yourself. Just reassess options and see what else you can do. Yeah. Just, yeah, staying somewhere that, you know, you're not happy in. It just, it's just going to eventually take its toll on you and you're not going to be happy. Yeah. Just touching on what you were saying, 
um, about the um, decision to not teach and you're glad you didn't teach in your early 20s now is actually a it made me so happy when you were saying that because that's actually something that I've always thought about. I was actually asked it in my final year Spanish oral. I said, I mentioned something about possibly going into teaching at some point and they asked me, oh, you know, you starting your master's next year? And I was like, no, I'm not. They were like, why not? They were so confused. And I was like, I want to go and enjoy, you know, my young years. And when I'm a teacher, I want to be a teacher who has life experience, especially because I did languages as well. I want to have gone and lived in those countries and like really experienced that culture to be able to like come back and then you're going to teach the students and you're going to teach them well. But like touching on what you're saying, like you wanted to succeed yourself, which like is great to see because or hear even because Sometimes people are weird about saying that kind of thing. They don't want to sound like they're, I don't know, trying to be somebody. You wanted to do something for yourself. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know, it's not selfish to put yourself first. Yeah, I felt like there was like there was a lot of things that I wanted to achieve, like and that I wanted to achieve for myself and for my career. Like every year while I was in the investment bank, like every year you were like going for another promotion or like going towards a target for the like you know a bonus or like a job title or like every year it was like a constant pressure to like keep going and keep succeeding um, and keep reaching goals and and that was amazing and I loved that um but then I do think that like I got to a point where I was like oh, this doesn't like the value of it diminishes the more and more you achieve you're like oh you know what I would act it's so much nicer now for me but I wouldn't I don't think I would have felt like this back 15 years ago that like now when I see students you know scraping a pass to get into a course or doing really really well in in maths to go on and study maths or whatever it is that gives me way more job satisfaction than what I ever got in succeeding myself but I didn't realize that back then either and I needed to go through that because that's what I wanted to do you know I needed to experience that for myself too yeah and put yourself first and like do what you want to do before you like help others achieve their goals I suppose is a good way to put it so when you decided then to quit that life you left all the glamour and airplanes behind well not quite yet no no so I got banking but I didn't move into teaching straight away ah okay okay so tell us about that first of all then so I suppose I didn't really know exactly what, where I wanted to go or what I wanted to do when I was given mm-hmm. up the investment banking world or whatever. So I decided to move industry. So I stayed within the corporate world, but I moved to a social media company. Oh, okay. So it was all jugglers and people flying past with skateboards and jumping castles and like all the bouncing castles yeah. and um, all this kind of like crazy stuff. And it was a whole new industry for me to learn. And I actually buzzed off that. Yeah. But then that only lasted about two years before I was like, no, I'm ready now to go back into teaching. It was kind of the same with like the, the financial side. You had got everything from it and you felt ready to move on. So that one took, what, two years for you to feel ready to move on. But it was like a nice, fun change. What did it for me, though, I think in that when I was working in the social media company, they worked with, I don't know if you heard, ever heard of Junior Achievement. It's a company and they work with corporate and they bring people in the corporate world into schools and they work with like four, six and six years to discuss different jobs and different careers and all this kind of stuff. So I, I led that 
initiative within the company that I was in. Oh, wow. So I my last year in um, that social media company, I spent a lot of my time out of schools. Oh, so you got the taste for it then. And, and then I brought them in. So I brought them into the company that I worked in in Dublin. I would have brought them in different groups of them, like every two or three weeks into our offices and into different companies' offices and showed them all the different types of careers that you can go into and stuff. So that really then made me, uh, then I was like, yeah, no, I want to back. I bet they regretted giving you that position because it was like just giving you the boat to go <laughs> yeah. back to teaching. <laughs> I think they were happy for me too. They were like, uh, you know, I think they were delighted that I had found, I think definitely for those kind of two years, I really struggled with should I leave mm. it or should I leave the corporate world or should I not? And it was a lovely transition to like have be able to spend a lot of yeah. time in schools and see was I comfortable in that environment anymore because it had been so long since I had done my teaching qualification so I suppose a nice transition because you knew for sure then you know that you that was that was what you wanted to do next so then well I thought I did there's, yeah there's more to come <laughs> oh more to come so again so after this you still didn't go into teaching no I did yeah so my next job after this was teaching so that day anyway I just handed it the day I kind of decided right I'm going to leave and I handed my notice and I booked a, just a one-way flight to Columbia oh, oh my wow. god and I didn't know I was really confused I didn't know what to do I didn't know whether I was leaving the corporate world was it definitely going to teach him was it going to come back and live in Dublin was it going to live in a different country was it going to come back to Donegal was never really on the cards because I never thought I was going to settle in Donegal so yeah I didn't know whether I was going to be gone for two weeks two months two years I kind of had no time frame or no real plan as such I just knew I needed a total break from everything and I just needed to just get away just recharge yeah. Mm. so yeah I just headed off to Columbia then I ended up traveling for five months so I went around like Columbia and Peru and Chile and Argentina and Brazil and Uruguay and Paraguay oh and just like literally did that for for five months and decided then that no I think I want to come back and live in Donegal yeah so you said it obviously wasn't always in your plan so then how did you adapt to to coming back to Donegal because you know it's a huge change yeah like it was lovely being home and I absolutely loved it and especially the first few weeks when you come home and I've been away for a good few months and like everybody wants to meet and everybody and but then I suppose the reality then after a couple of weeks and everybody is working and, live, you know, has their own life because, like, I've been gone for 15 years. So I haven't been mm. part of their life. And then, like, I mean, I have, still have some of my really good close school friends, but, like, a lot of them wouldn't be interested in dropping everything and going and hiking up a mountain or, you know, like, it, it was hard to find my, I suppose, groove when I moved home of, like, what's my life now? Do you know that yeah. in a way? And then... Obviously, I didn't really know what I was going to do when I moved home. The dream was to teach and to get back into teaching. But I didn't know whether that was really going to be possible because it had been 12 or 13 years ago since I had done my teaching qualification at that stage. So I didn't know was that going to be possible. In Youth America, we're hired actuaries. So I was like, I'm, you know, stuck. I can go back into actuary, but I really didn't want to. Like that wasn't what I'd wanted. And then I played around with the idea of going back and doing a PhD in math still have a notion of doing at some point um but yeah then I ended up getting stubborn in the school I'm in now and I was so lucky I suppose but you know 
a principal took, I suppose, a chance on me considering I hadn't been teaching for so long and it was lovely to get into school and get teaching. But then as well, as when you start back teaching, having obviously been so busy and being used to like never having any time off and there was no switch off button even when you went on holidays when you worked in investment banking and that. So like I find it really strange to finish at four o'clock in the day and you know, to have three months off of summer and two weeks of Christmas and two weeks of these. Yeah. I, I, like, I really couldn't cope mentally with it for the first year. I thought, no, I totally made a mistake. And I remember chatting to one of the girls, still, like one of my good friends, she's in the, in the bank that I used to work in and just kind of been like, is there anything going in the bank after about a year of being home? So I was like, I can't, I can't deal with all this free time. I couldn't. I couldn't, like, I did a lot of things on my own, which I did end up actually loving. But, like, I just kind of felt like I was on my own a lot because there was nobody, like, a lot of even my friends that were teachers had, like, kids and stuff, and I didn't. And I just had all this time by myself in that first year or so of being home. And then I kind of was like, no, you just need to find a hobby (laughs) or, like, find something to fill that space. Then I started training for a marathon and then I started training for like lots of different adventure races and I easily started to fill it up. But like for the first year, I really struggled with all the spare time that I was never used to having. Yeah, when you've done something for 10, 15 years and you're so used to being constantly on the go and constantly surrounded by people, it's almost like a culture shock kind of thing that you're totally just... Was. You're, you don't know how to how to do it just have the free time and be kind of by yourself a lot of the time and I can imagine it was hard so we've spoken before um, about not following kind of like the timeline of life in regards to kind of you know school and college but more kind of college job married kids you work and then you die <laughs> so I feel very passionately about this and I've only realized it in the last kind of year or so that or not realized it but I've felt kind of you know that you do just have these kind of small little windows of time to do this and then that's gone and then another little window of time to do this and then that's gone and then I don't know just the last year in lockdown and everything obviously we all had a lot of time to think and um, I was just like why like why do people care about that why do people care about this whole like social timeline that has just someone randomly made up and then everyone started to follow it so just I suppose your thoughts on that like yeah, and it's funny. I think sometimes do we put that timeline or pressure on ourselves, but nobody else really cares about that. But like, do yeah. we put that on ourselves? And then, mm. like, does it come as well from, you know, if you're chatting to somebody that like you haven't seen in a while or whatever, and it's like, they're the questions people ask because they kind of don't really know what else to ask. It's out of habit of being like, oh, where are you working now? And oh, are you married? And do you have any kids? And I think people ask those questions because it's kind of small talk. And they don't really care whether you're married or not. Like, you know, that kind of way. Or they don't really care whether you have, like, 25 kids or three kids or, you know, like. But I think, yeah, we we make that kind of small talk and then we put that pressure on ourselves a little bit, maybe. And probably society, too. Like, I know, Jesus, no matter who I'd be going out with, like, anywhere you're going, if you're going away for a weekend or, like, like aunties and uncles and friends and all would be like, oh any news or like you know when yeah, you come back yeah. and you're like 
Jesus, if I've news, you'll be the first to know. <laughs> like, there's no news. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Leave me alone until then. <laughs> we had a great weekend. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. The the aunties. Oh, I remember like sitting in restaurants. Somewhere I had moved back and every restaurant or cafe we'd go into and there was a male waiter who'd be like, like he looks nice Sarah like what do you think of him I'm like leave me alone <laughs> let me be single and live my life yeah always trying to match you up yeah yeah I know and like I do think yeah the preppy is that a bit from you know people obviously do say it but then I do think a lot of it we maybe put on ourselves too and like I think definitely when I was younger and when I was growing up I would have thought I'll be married by 27 I'll have uh, maybe a child or two before I'm 30 and then I think as you get closer to those ages you're like what god I'm way too young for that yeah. even now I feel a little bit like that when I'm like nearly 40 and I'm like what I'm way too young to get married or I'm way <laughs> yeah. too young to have kids <laughs> but like I don't know I suppose it's just everybody's timeline is different because like sure if we all had the same timeline it'd be very boring like, very boring yeah I'm sure we just not them to chat about <laughs> This is it, yeah. You need the weddings and stuff spread out, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We mentioned this in, I think it was episode four, we talked about, like, people are just on different time zones is kind of what we explained it as, and everybody's not going to do everything at the one time. And it is a kind of light bulb moment whenever you realise, because Eva was mentioning this conversation she had with her dad, and he was like, but why do you have to do it next year? Like, or this year, you, you can just do it next year. Like, it doesn't matter. And then it's just like a light bulb moment. And you're like, I can do anything at any moment in my life, obviously. Like, you don't you don't have to, like, follow I mean, any guides. all those big, big life events, like, early on, like, what then do you have to look forward to? I exactly, what's like, that? Oh, my God, I have all those big life events, if they end up happening. I still have them all to look forward to. Sure, like, exactly. Amazing, yeah. That, like, you know you've all those fun things to look forward to and like thinking how much I've enjoyed my life up until now but like I still have all these amazing things to do I'm like oh, yeah, I can't wait true. That. <laughs> yeah definitely and it's something like that I wish I knew when I was 17 18 that you don't have to have it all worked out you can change your mind you can do something for a few years if you don't like it you can change your mind if you don't like your college course you can change if you don't like your job get a new job all this yeah it's pressure so Erin, have you any advice for somebody who is unhappy in their job or even like a college course or situation? I suppose kind of a little bit like what we were talking about earlier. I mean, if it's just a bad day or a bad week, which we all have, mm-hmm. but if it's constant, if that's going on a long, long time, I think you do have to weigh up what are your options and what are the what what would make you happy? What do you actually really enjoy doing and is there a possibility of making a career out of that like definitely for say those 15 years before I was teaching math math was my hobby like I'd be on flights like I a lot of my clients were in the US and then throughout Europe so I'd be on flights for like you know eight nine ten hours and I'd print out a couple of leave insert math papers and bring them with me because hours disappear when I start just playing with numbers and symbols like I don't even notice the time So like that was a hobby for me and now obviously I've made it into more of a career for myself so I would say try and see if what you actually really like and enjoy doing and is there a possibility of doing something with that even the likes of like fill a space on the planet you know obviously I really enjoy and it's a hobby for me to you know do the adventure races or go hiking or 
exploring or traveling about and things like that. But, you know, in the last year or so, I started to make it more into a, a not a job, but like a business to fund the expense of actually running the page. So, like, I do think that there are so many opportunities out there, but you need to look at the things that you really, really enjoy and see how can you do them more? How can you do all the things that you love more? And um, is there a way to actually make part of it a job or make, make it in some way your job? Yeah, that's such good advice because that's, again, something that we, like I mentioned in a previous episode, I've always said that I want my job to be something that I am so, so passionate about and like something that I really, really enjoy that I think in school, I kind of had it in my head that I had to do something that would like make me a lot of money and like, you know, that kind of thing. Whereas like you just realize then that as long as you have enough to get by, what matters the most is that you're so, so happy. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I suppose I probably thought of that too, going into like actuary and that kind of side of things was like, oh, well, you know, that's a really well paid job. And but like, did that bring me happiness? Like, yes, Mm. it was great fun and everything. I've definitely way more job satisfaction in what I'm doing now and the money's not great in teaching so (laughs) like you know it's it's definitely more about I would way prefer to enjoy and be excited and be buzzed about getting up every morning to go off and do what I'm doing rather than hating it or not really enjoying it and just being a bit meh about it but being paid bucket loads of money, I'd much prefer to love my job. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned Coolest Place on the Planet there. So how did it come about? Like what inspired it? Did you just upload a random photo one day or did and just it went from there or did you have the idea in your head? So I think it was kind of a few different things that led up to it. Like I was saying, so I started Coolest Place on the Planet in so I moved home in February and the following January, so nearly a year later, I started up Phyllis Place on the Planet. And I think partly part of it was I recognised that I had all the spare time that was like maybe not impacting my mental health that well because I just didn't know what to do with it. And I, you know, I found it really, really difficult to be doing nothing, if that makes any sense. It probably yeah. sounds crazy to other people, but like, to occupy your mind almost yeah I think it plays on on my mind so Mm. for that year like I I really struggled with that so I was like I recognized that I needed to fill that time with something um or part of it you know I needed something else and then I was training for um dairy marathon and I was like doing a lot of like when I went when I started subbing when I started for my job in Dunlow when I was doing the interview I had to bring Mammy with me in the car that day because I didn't know where Dunlow was <laughs> I didn't know do I go through Letterkenny do I go down to Donegal Town like what direction is Dunlow I had no freaking clue because I hadn't lived here since I was a teenager so like I had no idea so part of that like I remember that at that time being like I need to like get to know my own bloody well county a bit better like I'm grand with like in a show and things up a bit more north but see over west and down south Donegal I Mm. I was so bad my geography of that was terrible so all of those kind of things together led to starting up the page and like just on my own like kind of personal page I would have like documented wee bits of like you know if I was away for a weekend or wee day trip or whatever for the month or two maybe a couple of months before I started coolest place on the planet and then 
just uh, one day starting up the actual page for discovering Donegal. And when I was way off traveling, when I was doing South America the previous year, I had used Instagram to find everything to do, mm. every mm. mountain to hike, every race. I did like race running races like in Argentina and Brazil and all. And I found out about them on Instagram and I couldn't find anything kind of similar for Donegal. So then I was just like, right, I'll do it myself. Yeah, and it's really like growing and I'm sure most people from Donegal listening will know the name because you have over, what is it, 16,000 followers now who follow yeah, you? it's mad how, how quickly and it, probably with lockdown too, that definitely helped mm. <laughs> because people could only stay in their county and things like that. So they were starting to do hikes or walks or discover beaches and things like that. So definitely from the start of lockdown, I think I only had like maybe seven or 8,000 followers. And then it jumped up about like 10,000 followers over all the lockdowns, like yeah. over the last year or so. So that probably helped me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like on a personal level as well, obviously you were teaching online whenever the schools were open, but did you find having the Instagram page then like kept yourself busy and like something to do? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And yeah, kept kept me a little bit seeing and <laughs> yeah definitely definitely in the first lockdown there was it's funny how much you can discover in your 5k radius I'm sure you're mm-hmm, the same yeah. but like you know just documenting all of that as well and I think so many people were like oh my god I can't believe how much I found in my 5k so it was lovely having those conversations with everybody and like yeah every, I, I do feel like pretty much everybody kept me seeing yeah. And then like last summer, because obviously we could only really holiday here in Ireland, like the amount of tourists that we had coming to Donegal. So then I would spend like, I remember June, July and August, like I had to turn off my comments and all that kind of stuff in August because I was spending four and five and six hours replying to messages from oh people my in all different counties. Like it was ridiculous. So I, I had to kind of caught myself on and be like right okay as much as like I really want to help everybody and promote where to stay and what to do I I had to like kind of like know my limit as well with it a wee bit over your life yeah yeah (laughs) because I love I love giving people all the like oh do this and do that and like I get excited about it but like I was spending way too much time on my phone last summer like and I was trying to make everything different for everyone I was like I don't want to give out the same generic response to everybody of what to do or where to go so like it was taking up so much time yeah I needed to kind of realize that (laughs) it was like being a personal tour guide for all these people but even like businesses in Donegal and like different brands like you've you know you've done a lot of work like promoting them which is great and you're an ambassador of a few different brands as well so like Probably not what you expected whenever you were moving back to Donegal, but no, not at all. It's crazy. Not even even starting off, and even probably in the first year, I definitely didn't think it would all go the way it's gone now. Like it is a wee bit mm-hmm. mental when you see yourself on a website for something, yeah. you know, yeah. for leggings or for like whatever, you know, anything. You're like, oh my god, that's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> definitely still not used to that. Yeah. <laughs> Do your students ask you about it? Do they know that you you chat away to me about it? I they would, or they'd say, oh, I must have you tried this, or have you went like peer jumping here or like it's like they've given me lots of wee like things that I wouldn't necessarily have known about say even around on low and that so yeah Mm. oh that's so nice so 
so yeah thank you so much for joining us there and um really we loved it really interesting chat so um everyone can follow Erin on instagram at coolest place on the planet and yeah if you enjoy the podcast give it a like give it a share subscribe tell all your friends yeah and again thank you so much Erin for for joining us thank you so much for having me on Thanks so much. I think people will learn a lot from you. Like obviously we we have some maybe younger audiences as well that as 26 and 25 year olds that we can share some knowledge. You have so much more life experiences than us. An old age. <laughs> Not an old age. You have life experience. I know you didn't want to say it but. <laughs> no seriously you have so much life experience to share and I learned loads anyways. Um, Your career your oh, career took you. a roller coaster turn there. I thought we were going from financial straight into teaching and then we had we covered so much but you know I think you just you have to not be afraid to give something a go like if I did ever get to the point where I was really not enjoying teaching I I would I would try something after why not you know I think you have to just give things a go don't you yeah you never know unless you try as they say For our last section of podcast, we have our usual question of the week. So, Erin, it's your turn to choose. Oh God, I'm so nervous about <laughs> yeah. this. But some of them are actually really interesting. <laughs> yeah, this is me and Eva's favourite part because it's totally random and it just like catches you off guard. Yeah. So, uh, we are going for a question from my One Question a Day book. So, give me a month and give me a date um 11th of april okay oh oh this is really simple most of the questions that we've already done it hasn't been that date in the year yet so i haven't actually answered them but i have this one answered so whose phone number do you know off by heart oh my sister yeah my mommy yeah mine's my dad oh actually i know mommy's too uh yeah 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 i know her landline number and i know my granny's landline number but apart from that, oh, that wasn't yeah. too bad. Jesus, I'm like, I know. breathe a sigh of relief. That was fine. <laughs> Some of them, we've been like, Sarah, hang on five minutes now. I need to, I need to think about it. <laughs> we this. needed to think. Yeah, what one did we have recently that really caught us off guard? It was like, uh, who, who or what do you not give enough time to? And we were like, oh, oh yeah. my goodness. <laughs> it was yeah. so oh deep. <laughs> I'm so lucky. I feel like I got off scot-free there. You are lucky because, yeah, because uh, April the 12th, which I initially went to reading and I like realized was whose heart have you broken and God. I don't think I could have answered that <laughs> Jesus I don't think we want to go there no. No. <laughs> no no that would be a whole new podcast in itself yeah <laughs> <laughs> um okay that was a really simple question of the week guys if you have any and um, for our next episode you can send them to us on Instagram it's at on growing the podcast and we hope you enjoyed the episode i'm sure you did erin had so much knowledge to share and yeah we'll talk to you next week don't forget to like and subscribe thanks so much bye